Welcome to episode three, everybody. And I just want to thank every single viewer right now for tuning into my podcast, for cheering me on, because without you, I wouldn't even have the motivation to keep going because uh, the rate in which people are viewing and listening to this podcast is astounding. And I'm just so happy to have high school friends, friends that I met in college, just so many people that I've met in my life tuning in. You guys mean the world to me. Thank you for the text, the Facebook messages, Instagram messages. You guys rule. Don't feel the need to contribute whatsoever, but I have included the link. Um, you should see it before you even click on the podcast for today, but feel free to contribute, dollar, five dollars, um, and I believe it's reoccurring on a monthly basis. Um, you can contribute. I'm not asking for your contribution, but I, I am saying if you would like to, <laughs> please do so. That'd be pretty cool. Um, but anyways, today is all about me. I want my viewers to know more about me, my background, what I'm all about. Because if you're going to be listening to me constantly, you need to know who Damani is. Um, we're going to get a little deep and talk about my upbringing and so forth. So um, hopefully that's something you're interested in listening to. I'll, I'll try to keep this about 20 minutes. So um, I'm leaving out a lot of great details, but I'm just trying to um, recall the most vivid memories that I have and the, the things that have really shaped me in my life. Um, my family's been traces back to the first 20 black families in Massachusetts. Factual. The Barbosas trace back to the first 20 families in this state, which is really, really cool. I am Native American. I'm Cape Verdean, Cuban, black, you name it. I am two or more races. Just check it right off. <laughs> um, and nothing was handed to me growing up. I'll tell you what I what I was always I, I was always optimistic in the face of adversity growing up because, you know, there were definitely some rough patches. You know, I grew up on Section 8 housing, um, no fault of my mom's. You know, she got lupus disease at an early age. She was, I believe, 27 years old. My sister and I were very young. She was on her deathbed when we were four or five years old. Um, and the doctors at Brigham and Women's Hospital actually revived her. And she, she's been in remission ever since. But lupus is, it's a disease a lot like cancer. Um, it just, it's very difficult to go away. It, it attacks your immune system and so forth. My mom looks great today. She's still in high spirits. I feel like I get I have a my personality is a combination of my dad and my mom's, but especially my mom's, you know, just persevering in the in the face of adversity and utilizing resources to the, to the best of your ability. And also, you know, just trying to make sure that those bad experience in experiences in life don't weigh down on you too much. You let it weigh down and nothing good is going to come to you. It's all about the law of attraction in life, all about the law of attraction. Going back to the beginnings, my great-great-grandmother, Virgil, she was a black Jew. Um, she was a part of the Social Security Department. She was a part of the War Department. Very, very cool history. And she's really the first person that had an interest in politics in my family. And I feel like ever since her, I'm the only one. <laughs> so politics is definitely in my blood. She was very close to the mayor. Um, she lived in a high rise in, in both Cambridge, Massachusetts. If you guys didn't know this, um, Cambridge actually used to be a dominantly black neighborhood back in, back in the days, back in the days, I would say pre, pre 1970, you know, it was, it was all black in Cambridge. Um, so had some, some wealth in Cambridge, moved to New York city at one point, had a high rise in New York city. Um, she was kind of a big deal. My great, great grandmother also put my mother through college. My mother um, graduated with her psychology degree um, at Emmanuel here in Boston. She was a bright egg, like top of her class. Um, unfortunately, um, the disease hit her and she's been in remission ever since. Um, but 
when I was young, I was born Boston City Hospital back when it was Boston City. <laughs> now it's BMC. Um, I was born back in 1992. Um, my, my mother, you know, a few years after that, moved us out to the suburbs to give my sister and I a better education. Um, and overall, throughout the course of my childhood, it was me, my mother, and my mother's boyfriend. Um, my mother's boyfriend, nothing too negative to say about him because I can't because he did provide for my family and I for quite some time. We had the biggest Christmases. We always got what we wanted. We were pretty spoiled brats. <laughs> but he was, um, you know, deep down, he was an, an abusive guy, mentally and physically, um, you know, sold crack to um, make up, to, to compensate for him maybe, you know, he, he was a mover. So to help compensate for not making as much income as he wanted to, um, went to jail for some time. Um, but he was always there for, for my mom, my sister and I. Um, and that's why I appreciate him. He just had a lot of demons. Um, and, and, and that's just that that's just what happens. Um, middle school, um, he ended up leaving the picture, ended up sleeping with the 16 year old next door. Um, and that was the end of him. I could make a, a huge I could make up like five chapters of a book full of just um, my mom and in this guy's relationship. Um, I don't need to say his name or anything. But anyways, so moved us to Canton. I was in special education growing up. Um, I know, kind of weird. I'm a smart guy, you know, very charismatic. But hey, I had super bad ADHD, as you guys can probably freaking tell. <laughs> I was off the walls and I was a WWF fanatic. <laughs> I was I was all about Triple H, China, Kane and The Undertaker. My favorites right there. You know, The Rock and Austin. Let's go. Monday Night Raw every freaking week. That wrestling was my life growing up in a good way. But at the end of the day, it was bad. I mean, I, that's really wrestling's all I cared about. Um, didn't like school too much, but I still would focus. I would still do my studies and try my best. Um, special education in Canton, I feel like at the end of the day, um, it, it suppressed most of the people in the program. They didn't want to get people out of the program because they they just they want to hold you there because that's how special education system is set up here in, here in America. They want to keep you in the, in the program rather than boost in and mobilize you to get out of the program, which is really should be the overall um, goal of special ed, get kids out of it and on their feet into regular classrooms. No, they, they, they want to suppress you and they want to make sure that you don't leave. Um, and funding has some, something to do with it. But anyways, we end up moving, and when I when I was in fourth grade, we ended up moving to Stoughton, the next town over. Probably one of the best things that could ever happen to you know my sister and I. Um, moving to Stoughton, I met the principal, Debbie Levitt, amazing woman, just welcomed my sister and I with open arms, um, and we joined um, the West Elementary School. Um, give it a month, you know, I did some testing, and you know the tester goes. We have no idea why you were ever in special education. You, you're very good at, at your, your multiple, your, your um, times tables, um, you know, reading, um, writing, everything. Really, you just gave me tests for everything. I got out of special ed, fifth grade, ended up graduating top of my class and most outstanding student. Talk about an achievement. Um, it's just something to this day that that's astounding. And it's something that I think about and I, and I pride myself on. I, I leave Canton, get out of special ed, and then graduate top of my class when I'm just in the regular student population. Amazing. Go on to middle school. Go on to middle school. Meet a lot of new people that were going to the other elementary schools in the area. Um, fell in love for the first time. Seventh grade. Totally fell in love. Marissa Lucchetti. I'll never forget it. Um, it was an epic fail, but at least I tried. 
Um, but I was a people person. I really got, I got exposed to music. Um, Mr. Kearns gave me free lessons, gave me free lessons. I always wanted to play the drums, gave me free lessons, um, for a few weeks, you know, got me up to, up to standard. And then I was in the band, ended up being in choir. Um, and then later on marching band as I went into to, uh, high school. Um, but middle school was quite a roller coaster. That's when all the stuff happened with Eric, um, my mom's boyfriend, you know, he was sleeping around with the girl next door. He and my mom's relationship was just falling apart, but we still stayed afloat. He moved out. We were still, you know, in housing. We were fine in Stoughton in our duplex. Um, I moved on to, to high school. Things are going well. I'm still really active in the school community. I was class president freshman year. I was in Students Against Destructive, De- De- Destructive Decisions. Yeah, Damani was a sad boy. <laughs> Students Against Destructive Decisions. Crazy to think about it because I'll tell you right now, after high school, I dropped that and I started drinking lots of liquor. <laughs> but um, I was in sad. Um, I was a peer mediator um, and so forth. My Some of my highlights from high school was being accepted into a prestigious group called Step Up to Excellence. It was mainly, mainly catered to um, underserved and... Um, low income households um, in the school. So you had to apply, make sure that you hit, you know, X, Y, and Z for on the application. Um, and then you were accepted or you weren't. I was accepted into that program. I was given a mentor, Janine Ruschioni. You know, my mom was present, you know, she had a roof over our head. She, you know, always cooked good meals. Um, I had a good, you know, household life per se. You know, she kind of let me do whatever I wanted. Um, I had freedom, which was cool, but she wasn't really there to, you know, say, hey, Damani, have you done your homework? Or, you know, Damani, when's your show? I want to go to your jazz show. Um, my grandmother was was there for me when it came to a lot of that stuff. And, you know, just coming to my shows and being a cheerleader for me. I'm not saying my mom wasn't a cheerleader, but, you know, she, she was just was more of a low key cheerleader. She didn't really go to my my events and shows and stuff. She did once. She did a few times, but overall, my grandmother was my cheerleader at the time. Um, so I got get into step up. I do community service projects. Ended up saying, "Hey, I wonder if I want to go into theater." So I ended up going into the, uh, to a theater camp sophomore year into junior year of high school. Um, the summer I went to Alfred University. So much fun. First time I think I'd ever like really left left Massachusetts. <laughs> so that was really really cool. Um, met a lot of students there. Um, we put together a show. Um, it was a huge success. I kind of fumbled in the first show and that like I kicked ass in the second show. But through that experience, I learned I didn't want to pursue theater. I just felt like I was somewhat being phony, being like an actor. So I did I ended up knowing that's not something I want to pursue when I go off to college and and on to bigger and better things. Um, the year after that, I did a community service project in Browning, Montana. Um, which is a huge Native American um, population that, um, you know, they did a lot of methamphetamine there, that the community was heavy into meth. Um, it's just very poor, in need of really good teachers um, to help the students in need there. Um, we helped the, the tribe with everything from moving brush, um, helping them prepare for sacred sex um, ceremonies um, and so forth. It was really an out-of-body experience. There's so many details I can go to with regard to my time in Montana. Um, but it, it's also something I reflect on to this day as being one of the best um, times of my life. Um, being a part of the marching band was why I really loved high school overall. 
Um, the music department was super, super strong. I built um, strong friendships there. Um, and it just taught me a lot of discipline. Marching band probably taught me more discipline than anything I've done in my life. And that's, I think it, it, it factors into the way I hold myself to this day with such strong character. Um, I keep my personality intact, but I do have strong character. And when it's time to do work and get things done, it's time to do work and get things done. Um, so I end up graduating. My senior year was was a little iffy. So we ended up getting evicted. We had a lot of issues with the landlord, like a lot of issues, uh, more like a slumlord. So um, we ended up having to move. So my, my mom steps me aside like two months in advance saying, Damani, we, we, we're moving to Boston. Like we, we have to move. We have to move. And uh, I pretty much told her I'm not going to move and I'm going to figure out a plan B. How many people would actually do this, folks? You know, this is what I mean, being optimistic in the face of adversity and really facing things head on. So um, when she moved back to Boston with my sister, because my sister came with my mom, um, I was very well connected in Stoughton. Um, really, to this day, I go back and I feel like there's a sense of family and community because that town did so much for me when I was down and out. It's, it's, it's crazy to think about to this day. Um, so I bounced around from house to house. I stayed with about with three different families. Um, the last one stuck the longest. Again, I don't want to really name names on here, but you know who you are. Um, again, three different families, you know, had a roof over my head. I was displaced for almost all of my senior year. Um, and before all of this even transpired, um, Mr. Jackman was the head disciplinarian at Stoughton High School. And I, I met with him when my mom broke the news about, you know, us having to move back to Boston. And I'll never forget Mr. Jackman just kind of looking me in the eye and saying, Damani, you are such an asset and you are such, such, you're such a Stotonian. You're like you are, you are, you are Stoughton High. You know, you, you, you do so much for the community. Everybody knows you. And I'm telling you right now, Damani, you're not going anywhere. Um, I'll never forget that meeting with Mr. Jackman. So arrangements were made. Again, I lived with those, you know, couple families, uh, the O'Malley's being one that were always there for me. If I was struggling or needed to get away, the O'Malley's always allowed me over their house and I'm still really close with them. Um, I'm only saying this because Sean, I know you may be listening, you might be listening. Um, but anyways, got over that. That was one of the, um, that was one of the times in my life where I had to remain optimistic in the face of adversity. You always got to keep moving and you can't let bad situations get the best out of you. You can't, you can't do it. Um, and it's, it's part of what, what has also made me the man I am today, moving from house to house, my senior year of freaking high school. Uh, the last, you know, that's the last thing you want to be thinking about your senior year of high school. Um, so I continue getting good marks. I graduate from step up to excellence um, was paired with a, with a mentor, Janine Ruschioni, throughout that program. Um, Janine was such an asset, man. She helped me apply to college. She helped me, you know, look over my, my English papers cause she was an English teacher. Um, Janine was such a, such a game player in my, in my upbringing. Um, my sister's big sister through big brother, big sister was a really big, big, uh, game player too. Um, Still talk to it to this day, Susan Magosi. She just did a lot for my sister and I from literally elementary school all the way till now. Um, so I just really want to give a shout out to those people. Um, but I stayed in Stoughton, ended up graduating. Um, and then I went to Southern New Hampshire University. My mentor and I, 
you know, had meetings about what do you want to do when you go to college? Like, what do you think your end goal is? Um, she said, you'd be really great at hospitality management. So her as my mentor, I'm like, you know, something, I think I would be really good at that. You know, I've been, you know, I've, I've busted my butt in the work, in the workplace. I've been working since I was 14 years old, um, working at stop and shop, um, you know, busing tables and doing dishes at Maxie's Deli in, in Cobb's Corner. <laughs> I was always a hard worker, always had a job from the time I was 14 years old. And um, so I thought the service industry actually might be a really good avenue because I'm just so used to it. I'm a customer service kind of guy. Um, so I did that, went to Southern New Hampshire University, saw the campus, um, saw a few professors speak about um, the curriculums for hospitality. And I was just really impressed. Got on campus. It was gorgeous. Janine and I went to see the university. Um, and that's the, the school I ended up going to. I just really liked the community feel there. Um, and it was the best time of my life. It really was. I ended up, um, leaving hospitality, going to business administration with a, uh, human resource, um, specialty. And then I, I transitioned out of that to business administration with a minor in political science. Cause I wanted to take courses in something that I was passionate about. And I'm really happy I did it because taking that course within the, with and of itself, um, enabled me to learn more about, uh, political political events throughout Manchester, New Hampshire. I met a lot of different politicians, which was so cool. Um, I went to the Obama-Biden rally in Concord when they were running, when Obama was running for president. It was just so cool, um, the access that you have in New, New, New Hampshire to, to politics. Um, overall, as you can tell, I, I have not pursued politics yet, um, but hey, it could still be something I pursue down the road, but it's just not something that I'm I don't know. Just running for office isn't something I'm committed to at this time. I just I, I like being in the business world and um, seeing where where my destiny lies long term. But I was Target's first recruit out of Southern New Hampshire University, which was really cool. I was there. For, I was their baby. And Target to this day is still recruiting heavily out of Southern New Hampshire University because they they have been getting really strong talent, um, especially as it relates to their ROI and retention from Target um, graduated. Stayed at Target for about a year and a half, um, left there, outstanding experience, went into the recruitment field, and that's what I've been doing ever since. Um, for some of the viewers who are struggling, who are maybe my age, I'm 27 years old now, um, and you're, you're still moving from job to job after college, you know, don't let that bring you down. There's so much opportunity out there. We're millennials. Um, if you're moving from company to company, that actually makes you more of an asset because you know how different companies function. You're not really, you haven't been put in a freaking gerbil jar of, of one business and, and one way of doing things. You, you have expertise in so many different organizations and fields um, and areas. So it really makes you more of an asset. Don't let that bring you down. I've, it's kind of brought me down a few times. I'm like, oh, employees are going to think I'm jumpy. Screw that. There's so much that the world has to offer, and we're still continuously trying to figure out what our end goal is going to be. Um, today, still wicked happy. Um, my contract with Brigham and Women's Hospital recently ended kind of abruptly. I pretty much had a boss that couldn't take um, very, very straightforward, constructive feedback about a process. And literally, my contract just, just ended from there. Um, things happen. You can't control who your bosses are. You can't control a lot of exterior factors in life. And you've just got to face it with a grain of salt. Just take it with a grain of salt. Um, so right now, yes, currently unemployed. I will be just fine because 
I'm going to remain being optimistic in the face of adversity for the rest of my life. Um, my childhood within of itself is just the perfect example in, in all the, the loops that I've been able to go through um, ever since fourth grade, really. Fourth grade just goes to show that I'm going I'm to continue to do so. And, you know, th there's going to be bigger and better coming. Um, I'm so happy because I'm unemployed now, I've been able to dedicate time to doing things like this, finally getting a podcast together and doing what I'm passionate about. Everybody's like, Damani, why aren't you in politics yet? Or Damani, start a podcast, start doing things on your own. You need to build your own business. You're such, you know, with your, your kind of personality, you need to have your own business and have people look up to you. So I'm just getting all this feedback. And, and guys, if, you, if you're ever selfless to me, and, and a lot of you guys are all the time, you have no idea. It keeps me going. Thank you so much for for being in my corner. I'm going to keep doing this podcast since I have, you know, I have time on my hands, um, put some effort into this and see where it goes, because really I'm doing this for not just myself, but for you guys. I'm really excited to bring you guys some great political content and great conversations um, for you guys to listen to on, on your ride into work or on your ride, you know, back home from work and just listen to some of the current events going on, listen to the issues. And I do want to dedicate a lot of segments just like last night on different political topics to educate our generation on politics. There's so many people my age, 27 and below, um, or even, even maybe even a little older than 27, I would say 27 to 35, who really are unfamiliar with the political process and unfamiliar with, with just the logistics of pol politics in general, whether it's understanding the Electoral College whether it's understanding what the framers of the Constitution, um, what their intentions were when, when writing the Constitution, uh, or whether it's different laws that you don't understand, um, or how political action committees work. So many topics I want to discuss and, and make sure and, and enrich you guys and it, so that you guys have a better understanding of, of, of what politics is because it's a, it is an amazing engine. It's fun. And I want people to be just as jazzed about politics as I am. Um, again, thank you guys so much for listening. You do not have to contribute, but there is an option to contribute, as I may have said in the, in the offset here when I began this podcast today. Feel free to contribute. Um, and I really just at the end of the day, just appreciate you guys listening. That that's the main thing that I'm that that concerns me, and that's the main thing that I'm really happy about. Um, so keep listening, and there's gonna gonna be some great content coming out in the near future. Rock and roll. Thanks for listening to my story.